0: home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Ched. We'll
1: also keep an eye on the curling tonight. Kelsey Carey, 3-1, and one, ready to take on 1-3 and three. Sweden this evening. Canada lost earlier today to Russia. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. We have an Oilers game tomorrow. What are we going to have? We'll have a half-hour edition of Inside Sports, Kellan Kennedy. Then we'll have the face-off show at 6.30. Then the game will start at 8 as they play the Arizona Coyotes. Sounds good. All they've done against Arizona is not beat them in regulation time in 22 games. Four wins for the Oilers in that stretch. All of them in overtime or a shootout. Which means Arizona's record against Edmonton over that stretch, 18-0-4. That is kind of shocking. Well, the Edmonton Oil Kings have a huge game tomorrow. Their season is on the line against the Medicine Hat Tigers to talk about that. Pleased to bring in forward for the Oil Kings, Brett Pollock. Brett, welcome back to the show. You're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. How about yourself? Doing great. Are you already in Medicine Hat or what's the travel situation here?
0: Yeah, actually on the bus right now. We just unloaded gear at the rink, so we're heading to the hotel.
1: Okay. Well, thanks for uh, fitting me in. Busy time. I appreciate you doing this. Brett, tell, just tell me how the feel the the team is is feeling. What's the mood given, obviously, uh, a bit of a missed opportunity to clinch down the stretch?
0: Yeah, it was um, you know tough past couple of games for us, but everyone's excited and um, you know like we've been saying, there's teams that are done right now, so we have a big chance to sneak back into the playoffs.
1: All right, um, tell me a little bit about these two games against Red Deer over the weekend.
0: Um uh, yeah, they were obviously not the results we wanted. Um, you know, obviously Red Deer hosting the Memorial Cup this year, they got a pretty strong team and I think we, you know, kinda of shot ourselves in the foot um, getting down both games early, but um you know, we didn't give up and we fought all the way to the end. So um we just want to get some momentum coming into today's game or tomorrow's game, sorry.
1: I mean, what do you compare this type of a game to because it I mean you you've played in game sevens in your hockey career, but that was against the same team at at, at the end of a long series certainly as as a younger guy you would have played in minor hockey tournaments that were single elimination does this feel like either of those or does it or does it feel like a different scenario
0: yeah it's a a pretty unique situation i'd say a little bit of both i mean it's a do or die game and um it's got that playoff feel and obviously you know everyone wants to keep going and continue the season so um you know everyone's up for the game and uh we'll be ready for tomorrow
1: what 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 allowed and i know you're trying to change this tomorrow what allowed Medicine Hat to to win all six against you this season? Was it just where you guys were at at the time, matchup difficulties? What was going on?
0: Yeah, they're uh, they're a good team. I mean, they definitely don't give up. Even if um, there was games we had the lead going to the third, or even the last time we played them, last two minutes, they uh, they're pretty relentless. And um, you know, they're hardworking and they're a tough team to play. So um, I think if we just give them a full sixty minutes, they know they haven't seen that from us yet. So um, you know, we'll be successful if we can do that.
1: What do you think your team's greatest strength or greatest advantage is going into this game?
0: Um, I'd say that, uh, you know, the hard-working mentality. I think, you know, when we're, when we're all in and everyone's contributing, we beat, uh, you know, the top teams in this league a couple times, um, Brandon, Lethbridge, uh, you know, Calgary teams like that. So I think if we have everyone buying in and, and you know, putting their best effort forward, then um, we'll be successful.
1: Brett Pollock from the Edmonton Oil Kings joining us on Inside Sports. They're in Medicine Hat to play the tiebreaker game tomorrow against the Tigers. Uh, I know you guys have had some tough luck with uh, goaltending injuries. Uh, Maybe I should ask your coach this, but do you know who's playing goal tomorrow or who's healthy enough to play?
0: Yeah, and uh, I expect Peyton Lee to be getting the start tomorrow obviously with Patrick being hurt and uh, Alec out as well. So uh, you know we uh, have a lot of faith in him and trust him a lot, so he'll be ready to go.
1: So Alec Dillon, unfortunately, has been out a little while, and Patrick Day got hurt. Uh, what last weekend?
0: Yeah, it was a uh, kind of a, a weird experience there for him. I mean, ten seconds of the game, he went out to play the puck and got hurt. So um, you know he'll be. I'm not sure when he'll be back or what his uh, diagnosis is.
1: So who's your backup goalie right now?
0: We have uh, Carter Fair. He's playing in uh, in Wayburn in Saskatchewan and in SJ he um you know he was with us at camp and uh, throughout preseason so he got the call up after there's a couple of injuries
1: okay brett pollock joining us just a couple more for you um are you are you excited to play this game <laughs> i mean i kind of i kind of started the interview by saying you know you had a rough time down the stretch but are you personally excited for this game now that it's right in your face
0: yeah i'm really excited obviously i'd rather be you know in the playoffs and playing this weekend in brandon but um like I said earlier on, we have an opportunity to get back in the playoffs that uh, you know a lot of teams would trade us spots for. So um, Personally, I'm excited. I know everyone in the room is ready to go.
1: All right. Well, are you guys going to have a morning skate and then uh, chill out and then you're at the rink?
0: Yeah, I'm sure that uh, it'll be you know, a pretty exciting day, and uh, yeah, it'll we'll be at the rink tomorrow morning.
1: Okay. Brett, thanks for fitting us in. I know you had a long bus ride. Really appreciate having you on Inside Sports again, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, that's a quick check in with Brett Pollock from uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings. So yeah, the game tomorrow night, we'll be updating it uh, for you throughout Inside Sports, our Face Off Show, and the uh, and the Oilers broadcast. These games are fun. I mean, well, it's not going to be fun for the team that loses, obviously, but I do I do like the one game format. I mean, I had uh, somebody texted in here uh why does it the nhl have more teams make the playoffs at this pace i will be dead before the oilers make the playoffs again why not have 12 teams out of each conference fewer regular season games and more fans like me cheering for their teams come spring that's a uh, person didn't sign their name first of all i hope you're not dead by the time the Oilers make the playoffs i don't know how old you are but hopefully that's not the case um I, I, we've talked about this before, Kellen. What if, what if you had 10 teams from each conference make the playoffs in the NHL? And right. I, I'm saying this, Oilers' performance regardless. Hmm. Would it not be more interesting to have maybe a little mini-round, four wildcard teams, have a th- best of three or even a best of one? You know, yeah. for the last two wildcard spots.
2: Yeah, maybe just you know have a like a mini best of free tournament with uh, eight, nine, and ten in a conference on each side, and then the winner gets that last playoff spot, right?
1: Well, I th- yeah, I'd, I'd have it seven against ten, nine versus eight. Okay. I mean, again, th- there's there's a lot there's a lot to be said for for doing things in your sport, and Mark Spector and I are going are gonna to talk about this with in relation to what I think are the failings of the CIS. Mm. There's a lot to be said for creating events with your league. Nobody yeah. has done it better since the late 60s than the National Football League. Oh, absolutely. They have always done, the, the NFL does a great job getting you excited about the product, mm. whether the product lives up to the hype or not. And a, a lot of yeah. times it doesn't, right? Yeah. Now, the NHL is doing, I mean, that's why the NHL keeps having outdoor games. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of a lot of people say, well, who cares? It's one game out of 82 for that team. Why are we talking? Well, you know what? Because they make it a big deal. Mm-hmm. They put it in a baseball stadium. They put it in a football stadium. That's a they, whole
2: weekend worth of revenue for them,
1: too. They, yeah, I mean, and they, but they make it unique for the fans. Well, you want to go to the game. Yeah. You want your team to be involved. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's what I think is great about this tiebreaker game. Instead of saying, well, Medicine Hat won the season series, so they're in. You say, okay, Medicine Hat won the season series, so they get to host it. Mm. But, oh, man, we're going to give you one game. I mean it's in a, I mean I'm sure a lot of people are interested in this game that maybe wouldn't pay a lot of attention to the WHL. Yep. And you know, man maybe if the NHL expanded it to some sort of play-in format, maybe that would get more people, you know, paying attention to the early parts of the playoffs as well. Just throwing it out there. That was a good text as well. It is 7:14. The Oil Kings last played a playoff game, pardon me, a play-in game. A tiebreaker game. In 2009, Brett Bright Cruz was one of the heroes of that game. We will catch up with him when we get back inside sports on 630 Jet.
0: This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad.
1: Cam Talbot will be back in goal tomorrow when the Oilers take on the Coyotes. Inside Sports, presented by AMA, be listening tomorrow as the Oilers visit Shane Doan and Company. Pregame at 6:30, puck drop at 8 AMA. Safety and savings for your family. Flames and Leafs now tied 2-2 after 2. The Kings and the Predators are scoreless early in the second period. The New York Rangers lead the Florida Panthers 2-1, eight minutes into the third, and after two, the Flyers lead the Islanders 2-1. It's 7-19. Reed Wilkins with you on Inside Sports. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight. So uh, the Oil Kings, we had Brett Pollock on. We'll play at Medicine Hat tomorrow in a tiebreaker game. The last time this happened to the Oil Kings was 2009. Brett Bright Cruz played for Edmonton in that game. He joins us now from overseas. Brett, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, good to talk to you. One of the uh, former Oil Kings, and, and you played when they had a playing game back in 2009. I want to talk to you about that. But first, let, let people know, Brett, what, you, what you're what you up to now. Uh,
2: well, I'm currently in Frankfurt, Germany. I uh, just finished up my sixth-year pro over here, uh, then this year, actually, was the first year I got to play with my brother. So uh, that was pretty special for both of us. And, uh, yeah, I just uh, came over here after I finished up uh, my junior career. Um, got some German roots, so I uh, was able to get my German passport. And I've been uh, been over here ever since. So, yeah, it's just, uh, it, was, it was a good move for me. So,
1: Tell me how, a little bit how, how your team is doing. Well, actually, we just lost out in, uh, in the playoffs. here we were in the quarterfinals
2: um we actually kind of we got swept we uh, had a pretty good team and for one reason or or another things didn't seem to work out for us uh come playoff time and uh we we ended up taking on the chin so um it's been a little bit of a bitter pill to swallow here in the last few days but uh you know i guess uh you can learn from your uh mistakes and learn from uh from some of the things that went wrong and hopefully we'll be able to uh sort it out here in the future so
1: how do you compare what you've been through in the German League towards uh, maybe the style and the attitude towards hockey and all that uh, stuff that, that you've experienced when you were in Canada?
2: It's uh, it's a lot different as far as the uh, you know the fans go and things like that. Um, the fans are very very um, invested and sometimes not as knowledgeable, and so there's a lot of sometimes blowback. I, I liken it a lot to football, or I guess soccer for. Uh, the North American crowd, it, it's very um the fans are very passionate. Uh the games are you know, people are singing and dancing and chants. Um, you know, you get an arena here with seven thousand people or ten thousand people in it and it would absolutely blow the blow the roof off uh, a sixteen or eighteen thousand uh NHL seed arena. Um, just with the with uh the way they are and, and how loud they are and things like that. And um, you know, as far as the style of game goes, uh, Germany is, is very much um, one of the most North American influenced leagues over in Europe. Um, as far as the uh, the style of play, um, the North American influence from, from coaching standpoint, um, and from a lot of players, I think it's it's uh, it has the most imports um, in Europe, if I'm not mistaken. And so, uh, yeah, so there's a huge North American sort of influence in, in the style they play, and it's a lot of North South hockey and um, you know it's been it was a, a perfect I guess fit for me uh, if anyone uh, remembers back in the day with, with how I played junior I was never a, never a half all guy in the power play so it, it's been a good fit for me in, in, that, in that regard so
1: now I, I assume there's a limit to how many uh, non-German players they, they can have but are, but are you an import or do you count because don't you you're you have a German background don't you
2: yeah, my my dad's German, so I actually count as a I count as a German player with uh, with my dual passports. Um, so that's you know that's huge for me. Um, just because uh, if you are gonna call a spade a spade, like the, the German junior system isn't very good. Um, so a lot of the times, uh, I know Brooks Masick and a few Brent, like Redick, he's over here now. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that were trained uh, in in the major junior system in Canada, you know, come over here. It's a very pro style game. And uh, you're, you're, very, um, you're ready for it, a lot more so than a lot of the German players. Um, you know, that would be, you'd, you'd be fighting for spots for, with, um, or against, I guess. And so, you know, for me, I mean, the first, uh, you know, the first training camp and, and a couple training camps that I had over here as a young guy, um, you know, I think what maybe set me apart was just the fact that I, you know, had been through the pro style. I, I knew what to expect from practice. Um, you know, I knew how dialed in and, and how um, prepared you had to be uh, every time you step on the ice. And I think that made a huge difference in allowing me to play, um, you know, a lot early on. So uh, I think that's, uh, yeah, definitely definitely was a big help for me. So
1: Okay, cool. Brett Brightcruz joining us inside sports on 630. Chad, the former Oil King, uh, the current edition of the Oil Kings play in Medicine Hat tomorrow, one game tiebreaker to make the playoffs. This happened on March seventeenth, two thousand and nine, as well, Brett. You and that edition of the Oil Kings went to Prince Albert and won two-one in overtime. You know, I, I love that yeah. the WHL does this. It's 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 unique to hockey. It's more of a baseball thing to have the one game playing. What what do you remember about the the preparation, the the hype, the tension about that game?
2: Well, it's just it, it kind of takes you back to uh, to being a kid again in, in a lot of ways. Um, just with the, uh, you know, I mean, when you play in some of those big tournaments, when you're a kid, I, I know that, you know, looking back, um, it's not that big of a deal. But when you're in them, you know, as a peewee or a bantam player, or whatever it may be, it, it comes down to a lot of times so the, the winner take all and then the one game playoff. And I think, um, you know, I think you have that, that nervous energy for sure. And I, I remember seeing that dressing room PA and, uh, you know, I think we were down one nothing, And then I think McCallum tied it and then Ruchinski scored the overtime goal I and mean, don't I know Ruchinski scored the overtime goal but don't quote me on the McCallum time it. it was a
1: long time ago <laughs> Ruchinski yeah, did get the I mean, overtime I, goal yeah
2: <laughs> yeah yeah but I I can I can still remember um you know I still remember sitting in the dressing room before overtime and looking around thinking like holy smokes like this is you know this is a this is a big deal and um you know I think uh you know I, I just remember you know I remember the bus trip and I remember sort of being just a kind of a quiet a quiet energy and and um, yeah, I just it, it was it was a lot of fun, and I I, I still like I said I still uh, have that feather, in I guess in our caps as, as uh, the team that we were, you know, the first team in, in modern franchise history to be in the playoffs, and we did it in a pretty exciting way. So
1: yeah. All right, before I let you go, what would you say to the kids tomorrow that are going to play in that game? What uh, what sage advice would you give them? <laughs>
2: Well, it's not, I don't know about sage advice, but it, it, it's pretty cliche. Um, and I, I guess the more I the more I play, and, and the longer I I play pro, and, and I, I'm around the game, is is the old cliches as you know as as silly as it is, it, it is um, they they do hold true in a lot of ways. And really, the, there is no tomorrow. And um, you know, you never know what can happen. You know, I, we we ended up losing out uh, to a pretty good hockey team there in Calgary, but. Uh, you know, you never know what can happen, and, and it's during hockey, and it's, um, you know, it's a lot different um, in a lot of ways. And the, the thing that you can um, always remember is, you know, you gave it 110%, and uh, you don't want to leave anything on the table. And it's, uh, you know, I always liken it to, there's, you know, whether you're a big-time player or you're, you know, a, a guy that's going to be in sort of an adept role, you know, you're going to play 21 minutes. Or 22 minutes, or however long it's going to be, and you know that 22 minutes can set you up for, uh, you know, another whole playoff round. And so you have to look at it that way, and it's got to be step by step, and 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 give it everything you got because, yeah, there, there is no tomorrow. So I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll get it done. I'm uh, that that organization's uh, it's one of the classiest and uh, flagship franchise in the CHL. So I'm uh, I get a good feeling about it. I've been following pretty
1: close. So right on. Well Brett thanks for sharing those memories and uh I know that you're disappointed in the in the playoff loss but glad to see that uh you're enjoying a fine career in Germany after playing for the Edmonton Oil Kings really appreciate your time good to catch up with you
2: Yeah anytime guys I thank you and uh yeah good luck to the Kings and uh yeah I uh, I hope it goes well so thanks like thanks again I appreciate it
1: Great stuff. Brett Cruz joining us. Nice memories of 2009. And, yeah, he's been playing in Germany for a few years, doing really well over there. Mark Spector from Sportsnet up next. Why don't you care about Canadian university sports? Whose fault is that? 728 on Ched. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader 630 chan. All right, the Leafs scoring in the first minute of the third period. Is that knee Ladder that got it? Yes, it was. So they go up 3-2 on uh, Calgary early in the third. Still a lot of time left. We will keep you posted on that one. We have the Oilers game tomorrow night, 6.30 for the face-off show, 8 o'clock for the drop of the puck. The Oilers try to end that ugly regulation time slump against the Arizona Coyotes. And I'm pleased to uh, welcome to the show. We'll touch on a, a variety of uh, topics here, but we want to focus on something in particular. But uh, Mark Spector from Sportsnet on the uh, program this evening. Mark, thanks for, for making time for me to be on Chet in the evening. I really appreciate it.
3: Yeah, it's a pleasure, Reed. I've just got my eye on this uh, sitting on the elliptical watching Calgary Toronto myself. That knee kid can really shoot it. I'll tell you what, he's got a great release. And, you know, he's small. He, he reminds me a little bit of Eberle, frankly. Uh, but he likes to shoot. He really likes to shoot.
1: Well, I like that he took a one-timer. You've heard me and many other people complaining about the lack of a one-timer by a variety of Edmonton Oilers this season.
3: Yeah, right. He lets her fly from everywhere, this kid. So, you know, all is good. There's always a shot on that never hurts, man. Yeah. will <laughs> uh, tell you. Uh, when you watch that Oilers power play, sometimes you just wish they'd start rifling it.
1: Yeah, for sure that's been a, a huge cause for concern for them this season now what were you I, I I there's all these people did you did you write something about uh Matthews or Ekman Larson or who put that out there was that, I hope yeah, that's I wrote, just speculation
3: I a, I a, no I wrote a yeah I just uh, I wrote a piece today saying this sort of just going down the road let's let's all you know we all think that Phoenix wants theirs or wants Matthews because they're you know they're they they're getting closer and closer to a new rink and maybe with uh arizona state so it'd be like a you know in a more relevant spot right in tempe or near scottsdale and they'd love to have the only scottsdale born first overall pick ever to come down the pipe they'd love to have them so i wrote a piece sort of saying i took the top uh i think that the worst eight teams in the league and talked about whether you know, there's a trade there, if whoever wins the lottery, right? Like if Calgary wins the lottery, I don't think they trade Matthews because they've got Monaghan. Now they got Matthews. They've got one, two centers for the next long, long time. I don't think Toronto would trade them. They need centers. But I do think, for instance, that if the Oilers won the lottery and had a shot at Matthews, they would certainly entertain trading the centerman, don't you think?
1: Uh, yes, I think they would. Uh, uh, now, right now, as it stands today, the Oilers at the oh they're at that number again, eleven and a half percent, and Arizona is at six percent. That is to win the lottery. And remember, the top three will be drawn this season. That's an interesting what if. I just I have always said, spec teams do the the fifteen teams that have a legit star defenseman, they don't part with that guy. That's that's my only thing.
3: I'm with you on that. And and that that's, if you read the piece, that's a, one of the early questions is, right. you know, I think th- here's what happens in Arizona. I think the coach says, Don Maloney, or to the ownership, he says, I don't, we're not better if we trade all of Reckman Larson and bring this 18-year-old centerman in. We're not better. And maybe ownership says, okay. But we've had Oliver epwin Larson for six years, and we're missing the playoffs for the fourth year in a row here. So how good are we with them? <laughs> so I'm not saying, like, if I'm running a team, I'm not trading OEL for this first-round pick. But I guess I am saying that maybe, uh, you know, with ownership involved down there, with their need for, a, you know, the way Stamkos came into Tampa and revitalized that market a few years back, uh, I would think that a guy like Pete Chiarelli might be able to put together a package uh, that keeps everybody happy. What do you think?
1: Well, uh... Yeah, I, mean, I, would, so then this is,
3: I wouldn't trade OEL myself, but I'm saying that there will be a lot of conversations about it. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, sure. If, sure. For whichever team wins the lottery, sure. If you want to get Matthews into, into Arizona, that, that that's a valid point. And we'll see how the percentages shake down. That's going to be a fun night because I know I'll be sitting in this chair whenever uh, your network is airing the draft lottery. <laughs>
3: yeah, on April 30th,
1: that is, correct? Yeah, April 30th. So that's later than last year. Much it li- is later, much than, last later than last year, which is a little curious. Did they, they confirm that date already? Yeah, I believe they've confirmed
3: it on April 30th, yes.
1: Okay, all right. So uh, anyway, that'll, that'll be fun. Uh, I wanted to have you on initially because I was uh, scanning through Twitter on the weekend, and you wrote, it's a sad commentary when Canadians care more about Middle Tennessee basketball than any sport at Carleton, McGill, Alberta, or UBC. And I thought, wow, Mark Spector is reading my Mind. For the people that don't know and didn't have their brackets destroyed by Middle Tennessee, they upset Michigan State, who a lot of people picked to win the NCAA basketball tournament, on a weekend where the CIS was handing out multiple national championships, including in uh, the sports of basketball and hockey, which up there with football are, are two of their three highest profile sports and I thought I got to talk to Mark about this because we share a passion for CIS sports and we share a uh, an annoyance perhaps with, with how little attention it gets and we should state Mark at least for me I'm, I'm not blaming the Canadian sports fan totally maybe a little bit um, but the, the the we were talking about this off air on the weekend when I said why don't you come on because I think we share belief that the CIS has been content with selling itself, if you, I use that term loosely, as a small-time sports organization?
3: Yeah, the CIS, it, it, it always, you know, we talk chicken or egg. Well, there's no fans because the media doesn't cover it. The media says, well, we don't cover it because there's no fans when we go to the game. And, you know, we can argue about that all day. The, the ownership of, of publicizing and marketing any entity, whether it's your store or your sports league, it belongs to the people who own and run the league. And the CIS has done an awful, awful job. Uh, just full disclosure: I came out of the University of Alberta. I worked at the Gateway newspaper. That's where I got my start. I was most of three years writing U of A sports there, and I started at the journal and wrote them for four more. So I spent a good seven, seven-ish years around U of A sports, and it's you know it, that Golden Bears hockey runs through my blood still, much like Stauffer. I'm just not as loud about it, <laughs> but. And it saddens me that after all these years, they haven't—they barely made a step, right? I mean, CIS is, was minor league in the 80s when I covered it, and it's minor league today. And I don't think they've made a step, have they?
1: I don't think they have. And you know what, Spec? One thing I've said before on this show is, you know, growing up in Evansburg—I mean, you—you—you you, you would understand my rural Alberta experience. I grew up with two channels. I didn't even get TSN. And I can remember looking at the listings and thinking, oh, wow, imagine what it would be like to actually watch a live NBA game instead of just reading about it once a week in Sports Illustrated. If you would have told, if you would have told 10-year-old Reed Wilkins in 1984 – that one day there was going to be five TSN channels, and I and and your network has several channels. And to your network's credit, you did carry most of the CIS championship games live. A whole bunch of them. A, whole, a whole bunch weekend, yeah. of them, and at semifinals. But I would have said, well, this is great. CIS is going to be on. There's going to be you know, more WHL. They might even show the odd AJHL game. But for except for the championship weekends, that hasn't happened. We have gotten more NHL, more NFL, and over this past weekend, all the March Madness you can handle, and, and you haven't got more CIS.
0: Well,
3: listen, It's first things first, it's not a chicken or egg thing. The network comes second. Once the network sees that there's a lot of eyeballs on a product, then they come to the door and they go, "Hey, why don't we put this on TV?" Because it's not a charity, right? Right. I work for Sportsnet, man. It's not a charity. they they have a little. They do a little pro bono here and there on certain events. There's no doubt. And frankly, I'm not sure the CIS isn't one of them. But generally speaking, it's not up to the media to publicize your events. So people say, "Oh, well, if you put it on TV, people would care more." It doesn't work that way. You know, I think the best example we've got is right in front of our faces. The, the U of A Golden Bears hockey team is the best CIS hockey program over the long haul in the in the country. I mean, no one's better than the Golden Bears over the last, since I was, the day I was born. And you go to the rink and there are 1,700 people there or 1,500 people there. You know, I love going to those games. I went to a few this year. But I'm one of the, we're a minority going to that rink and if, if you're not watching the U of A Golden Bears play, the best hockey team in a hockey country at that level, Lord, who's going to watch all the football and volleyball and basketball? So the CIS has done a very poor job, I think, of, of becoming an important entity and, and giving people a reason to buy a ticket and bring their kids down to a very affordable sport. They've done a very
1: poor job at it. Well, uh, Mark Spector joining us from Sportsnet, And I wonder, Mark, if if it's and I'm going to use the word fixable because you and I think it's a problem. There may be some people listening who may be saying I, I would never go to a game no matter what. I would challenge those people that they might change their minds if they actually went to a game. I I mean is it is it is it repairable or or does it just involve such a major undertaking and perhaps even a major restructuring? Of the way schedules are done, of the way schools perceive their own programs. I mean, I mean is, it, is it is the is the cat so far out of the yard that it's never coming back, or or, or, <laughs> or or can this be fixed? And can people care? Can they get people to care?
3: I think if you I think you have to start by giving people a handful of games that they really would that you can legitimately sell. So, for instance, like, I don't even want to get into the scholarship thing. You know, in Ontario, they don't like scholarships, and it's held the whole CIS back. All our best players go to the States. We don't have time for that discussion tonight. We'll get to it later. But I think you start by, you know, let's say, let's talk football. Calgary Dinos are one of the best programs in the league. Laval is one of the best programs in the league, right? How come those teams don't play a game in October at McMahon? And, and why don't you, then you could say to Sportsnet, hey, we got the best two teams in football playing a game during the season. The same way uh, Notre Dame goes down every so often and these play USC every year, they play Michigan, maybe they play Texas. You know, put the powerhouses together. Why do we have to wait for the Golden Bears to play New Brunswick in hockey every few years at the Nationals? If they're the two, two of the best programs in hockey, why aren't the Bears going out to Halifax or going out to wherever? and playing those guys in a 5,000-seat rink and getting that on TV.
1: Why doesn't that ever happen? I wish I knew. I, I mean, I wish I'd because it should. And here's here's the thing. And, and Mark, as you know, before I started doing the, the Oilers gig and this show, I did six years of U of A basketball play-by-play. There were mm-hmm. some years the Calgary Dinos did not visit Edmonton. Because <laughs> because they had to play UBC Okanagan, and they had to play Thompson Rivers. If I'm a, Even if I'm a student, and I love the U of A, and I'm looking at this, what am I going to do Friday night? Am I going to go to RAT, or am I going to go cheer on my team, beating Thompson Rivers by 45 points? Okay, well, I enjoy, I enjoy the victory, but there's no rivalry, there's no significance in the standings, and it's not two of the top in most years, you know, 5 10 15 teams in the nation. And it's mind. you're right, it's mind-boggling that they don't try to promote it with best on best matchups. They let in small schools that generally can't compete in most of the sports and it's it's it has become for a lot of schools a participation ribbon association instead of a high caliber sport association.
3: Well, how about you? How about the University of Toronto? Like that's one of the largest Schools in our country, perhaps the largest. Uh, I'm a little bit out of the loop now, but UAT. When's the last time they had a team in any sport that was any good at anything? I can't tell like, you. Do they win at anything? Like, the, I think it's to me, it's a, it's a emblematic of of uh, our certainly our, our our country's largest city and and uh, if not our largest university, very close to it. I would think UAT used to be it was the biggest before, probably is now.
1: I think it still they is. They could
3: care less about winning the national championship in anything. Their hockey team—I don't even know if it exists. Their football team lost about six years in a row. Like they don't care. So you know what? But UBC does, right? And U of A does, and and um, Carleton basketball—they do care about their basketball team. So why isn't Carleton playing? You know, why don't we have a doubleheader where Carleton goes out? Carleton and Ottawa—the two real good teams, right? Why don't they go out west and play Friday night at UBC and Saturday night against Vic and swap places the next night, right? Yeah. Why aren't they doing that? And if you did that and you actually got, gave people a reason to come spend a little money on your game, then it, you could pay for the plane, you know? And then if you got enough people, you might be able to cut it, the kind of deal the CHL has on Sportsnet where we give you a hockey game every Friday night, the junior game. Why aren't we giving you some kind of a sport uh, CIS game every Saturday afternoon or whatever it might be? You know, you're not going to get that for Trinity Western versus University of Regina. You're not getting it. you know, you got to put something behind this thing, get a little bit of star power, and get after it.
1: Well, and that's the beauty, and we're going to go a blast from the past year. Well, it's not been that long since he retired. That was the beauty of Don Horwood. When yeah, he, he yeah. came to town, he made you care about U of A basketball. He, he insisted to be on John Short's show. And again, I was a kid out in Evansburg. Listening to John Short and I was like, Well, this must be a big deal if he's having the U of A basketball coach on three times a month. And and Don would go on win or lose. If they played bad, he would face the music and tell you. If they played good, he would sing the players' praises. And he he made you care about it. And he made sure he was visible and in the community and he understood how to do that. And and to his credit, and when I was a student at the U of A from ninety-one to ninety-five. The basketball program won back-to-back national titles, and they were undoubtedly the second most popular team after the men's hockey team. wasn't even close, those two far and away. Now, the winning helped, but Don also made sure, whether he was being interviewed in the Gateway or whatever, that you knew what was happening.
3: Oh, sure. I mean, and this is, I think, a facet of the CIS helping itself, right? They need more. You know, everybody needs to be Don Horwood because you're a little guy. You're not Todd McClellan who is, I mean, he's one of the most cooperative guys we know. But frankly, you know, we're coming to see his press conference every day, no matter what he says to us. We're just lucky he's got a lot to say. But when you're a U of A coach, you know, you better your door better be open. You better hook up. Now, one of the issues is there is no, there's a lot less coverage. Like the Edmonton Journal, I used to be my beat when I was working there. I was on the university beat, and I wrote it five, six days a week. I mean, that beat doesn't exist anymore on the papers, and that's an issue. But I'll tell you what, that those, bad, those U of A coaches should be following Reed Wilkins every night. You know, they should be on you every day to get on your show. They should be on Bob every day to get on a show. And they should be on the guys across the street to get on their show too. And the local columnists like Danny Barnes and Terry Jones, they should have a reason to get down there. And they should, you know, if there's a good story and a good column, that coach has got to make sure the columnist knows about it. and. We're, we don't see that. We don't, at, at a at a micro level, we don't see that. At a macro level, I can't even tell you who the president of the CIS is at this point. I don't even have a clue. All I know is that it's you know the, the, traditionally the CIS couldn't run a two car parade, and I I don't think that's changed any, has it?
1: No, and their website is horrible. All right, we uh, <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for solving the world's problems with me. We got to do this more often. Before I let you go, give me uh, give me 30 seconds on uh, Sports Central. Obviously, we talked to Todd about it last week about being an ambassador. Uh, what can people check out, or what's coming up soon?
3: Well, we've got uh, my golf tournaments this summer. It's hard to talk golf with the snow on the ground for Pete's sake. Hi, yay i know there's a i was just talking to bruce hardy down at Woods, and they were hoping to get open this weekend but i'm looking out the window i'm not so sure uh, anyway we'll golf off at the quarry on july 27th the mark Spector golf classic and you know i would just ask you listeners, hey, say everyone it's springtime you're going through your garage everybody's got gear in there get down to sports central drop it off if you know of any kids that, that are needy kids who can't afford get them down there we'll set them up so uh, we're trying to spread the word a little bit about who we are and what we do, and we're doing good stuff. So any, any help you can give us, Reed, we're always appreciative.
1: Mark, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We'll see you soon. All right, take care. That is Mark Spector from Sportsnet. What do you think? Should we care more about CIS? Is it on the CIS to do a little more? Would you get involved? Would you be Would you, would you be more invested as a fan if you saw more big-time matchups? that made you care, as opposed to the U of A hockey team winning most of their games relatively easily and then just having a couple home weekends a year? What if there was a Super League that had UNB and McGill and Western and some of the bigger, traditionally good athletic schools all in one league? Is that the way to go? 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630. Chet, still three-two, the Leafs leading the Flames. Eight twenty left in the third period. Here's where we're going. Uh, we're doing. We're giving away two tickets to the Edmonton International Beer Fest coming to the Shaw Conference Center, April first and second. The winner will also qualify for a Saturday Beer God Pass, which includes front-of-the-line access, early entrance, private seating area, and more. 780-496-0063. We were just talking about the CIS. So you have to answer a CIS trivia question. Oh, yeah, here we go. We mentioned Don Horwood, Golden Bears, former Golden Bears basketball coach. This is a tough one. Who is the current coach of the U of A Golden Bears basketball team? Head coach. This is for a pair of tickets to the Edmonton International Beer Fest. It's bigger and better, over 40,000 square feet of space in Edmonton's premier conference destination. Over 200 beers available for tasting, a whole new lineup of entertainment, and Edmonton's most popular and best beer-serving establishments represented this year is shaping up to be a blast. 780 4960 Kellen, are you taking the calls? Uh, yeah, I'll take them. Sure. I wasn't okay. sure how we were doing this, but okay. Yeah, a couple of people have hung up since I asked the question. Who is the current coach of the U of A Golden Bears basketball team? It is 7.57. We're going to talk to the current coach of the U of A hockey team, Serge Lajoie. Their season ended in the quarterfinals on Thursday with a 6-2 loss to St. FX. We'll have a few more comments from Taylor Hall and Todd McClellan. And speaking of beer, our first beer segment of the spring slash summer, despite the weather outside, we will bring in Matt Slingsby from Alley Cat Brewing. All ahead, Inside Sports on 630Chad.
2: Travelocity presents A Little Wisdom from the Roaming Gnome. It's possible to explore Paris, Venice, Rio, Egypt, and New York City in one evening. All one needs is a ticket to Vegas. Wise travelers get up to 40% off featured hotels this spring. Visit Travelocity.ca. Wander wisely. Savings based on featured hotels on Travelocity.ca. Terms and conditions apply.
3: The season's almost over, but the deals are really heating up at Skiers Sports Shop. Skiers is dropping the prices on great gear throughout the store. Get 50% off all remaining snowboards, board boots, and board bindings. 50% off gloves. 50% off Oakley and Spy goggles. 50% off Skid Skiwear. 50% off clothing from the North Face, Sega, Armada, and more. And 50% off the entire back room. You heard me, half price right now at Skier Sports Shop. 109th Street, just south of the High Level Bridge, and at Skiers Sports Shop,
2: Hey, Greg, how's it go? Whoa, are you okay? Yeah, I keep tripping on this crack in the concrete. We have to get this fixed so no one else gets hurt. Uneven concrete is a significant safety and liability concern for your business. EnviroLift Systems is your solution to lift that sunken or damaged concrete slab in your warehouse or loading dock. By injecting polyurethane foam underneath